0: here are your hosts, Cynthia Cayo and Josh Carter. Welcome, everybody, to the Veteran Founder Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Josh Carter. It is Friday. It is 1 p.m. on the West Coast. We're so excited you're here. Uh, Cynthia's off this week. We'll, she'll be back next week. If, this, if you are new to the program, welcome. We are so excited that you're here. Every week, we bring in these amazing entrepreneurs that have one little extra thing on their resume, and that's service to our country. And this week, I'm thrilled because I get to talk to a, uh, a friend. I get to talk to somebody I've, I've known for a bit. Uh, he's helped with some other uh, ventures that I've been through, uh, and he's gone through a lot, a lot. And we're going to dig right into it. My friend, Nate Boyer. Sir, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you very much Josh. Appreciate you, brother. Good to be and
0: here. I, yeah, I mean the last time you and I saw each other was back in Denver 2018 you were speaking at Patriot Boot Camp which was an organization I ran and you were one of our keynote speakers. It was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, that was that was a that was a cool event, man. It's it's weird not having stuff like that this this year, you know. It's been it, tough.
0: Yeah, it is a bizarre year. I want to talk a little bit about, you know, there a lot of people know who you are, but for those that don't, I want to kind of go pl- and play the p- tape back a bit and talk about your service. What led you into the military and, and and what you did? Like why why the military?
1: Well, honestly, you know, what 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 sort of led me there was um uh being utterly lost <laughs> at uh, at age 23. Yeah. And, and, and uh, you know, I, I, was, I graduated high school and moved down to, uh, San Diego. I worked on a fishing boat for a little while, um, took some college classes, but, you know, n- no clue what I wanted to do or, or who I wanted to be really. And, uh, I just, you know, didn't have a, didn't have a, didn't have any purpose. Uh, and, and I don't want to say drive. I had drive, but I just didn't believe in myself. I didn't think I was worth a shit to be quite honest. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that, that, uh, that takes its toll on a person over the years. And, you know, I, I remember, uh, kind of coming to my wits end a bit, uh, around the age of 23, um, where I was just like, who am I, what, what am I doing here? <laughs> you know what I mean? Why am I here? And, uh, I, I stumbled across a, a time magazine article uh, that was called, uh, it said the, the the title of it was like the tragedy in Sudan. And it was about the, um, um the genocide going on in the Darfur region of, uh, of, of Africa between Chad and Sudan border. Mm-hmm. And I just felt compelled to go and help somehow. I, I didn't know what it would be, but I just was like, I gotta go. And so I, I, uh, bought a plane ticket to the capital of Chad and I kind of schmoozed my way onto a UN flight. Going out to the refugee camps and like sort of snuck my way into this place, (laughs) and volunteered there for a couple of months. Man, and it completely changed my life. It just completely changed who I wanted to be, and I kind of committed right then and there. I think to just be in this like, you know, lone wolf, (laughs) do it all by myself. uh, uh, Commitment to um, changing the world or trying to anyway. Uh, and, and, uh, you know, I didn't know what would, what that would look like, uh, next, but it was like, you know, I just, I, I, I uh, I now felt capable for the first time that I could just do something. I mean those people were so, were, were so enamored by an American that would leave here and come there to help them. And they were so, uh, right. appreciative. And I just wanted to fight for those that can't fight for themselves. Well, not even thinking about the military or anything like that, which is kind of the opposite of doing everything by yourself. Right. Um, I got malaria the last week I was there, and I uh, this family put me up and took care of me, and I'm listening on the radio. They had Bob Marley tape um, <laughs> that I played three times on both sides, and I was like, done with Bob Marley. So I popped it out and started flipping through the stations. The only radio station that came in was the BBC, and it was during the second battle of Fallujah. And mm-hmm. so I'm hearing the play-by-play, uh, mostly Marines, that we're going over there and and uh you know and trying to liberate these people fight for these people and i just uh i just knew right there i was like i'm, I'm joining the military and i came back to the states and uh i found out about this the, the uh, army uh, special forces uh, the green berets is, is, the, is the slang term we use and about the 18 x-ray program which was you could come in off the street and if you scored high enough on psyche val and you know, language aptitude tests and all kinds of stuff like that, as well as the ASVAB. You could uh, get a special forces, uh, you could go to special forces selection after basic training in airborne school and potentially uh, go on to become a Green Beret. And so that's what I did. And I just went for it. And I just went all in on it and um, made it happen. And, you know, that was sort of my, (laughs) it went from like, just within a matter of months, a very short, a few months, just being someone that felt like Uh, I I had no place in the world and I had nothing to offer and I was a waste of space and sucking up oxygen to this person that like was on a mission with these other, you know, men that were much stronger and smarter and tougher than he was, um,
0: trying to help people. And it it was a really crazy time in my life. (laughs) It's fascinating because most people, when they get in the military, right, they go in because there's you know, a legacy that they have within their family or some heritage or, you know, they want to get college money, but they know the purpose before they go in. And you did, but I mean, it's because your worldview changed. Most people don't have that experience. Like for myself, I went in the Navy really early and I got that worldview very quickly once I got into places like Eritrea and Dubai and Doha and, and those kind of places. Uh, so it's really fascinating to hear sort of the, the way you got in or the, what prompted you to get in, but special forces, like that's a whole different animal. What was your experience? Like what surprised you about the experience when you got in and, and you first deployed? Oh, what surprised me about this experience, man? I,
1: I think, I think, um, just, uh, how, uh, intricate and challenging, it all was, maybe it was just the type of war we were in, but, um, you know, and also like how, uh, how hard it is, how hard that work is and how much time you have to put into that and commitment and, you know, the, the amount of sacrifice and, and risk, all those things. I think that, that was, you know, you think about those things when you're stateside, but then once you're over there and you're in it, it kind of blows your mind. I mean, everything is, is life and death. And, uh, man, your your love, too, for your brothers um, yeah. becomes very strong. You know, you feel like um, you just you give anything to make make sure they're okay, you know, and they come back, they come back in one piece. and uh, so I think that that was that was definitely a big part of that, you know, for me, I think, just seeing that um I'm experiencing that, you know, and kind of feeling all those things,
0: yeah, yeah. When you're when you're going through these combat missions, was was there ever a time where you're like, "This is it. This is my time right here. I'm probably gonna go. This is it." And how did you deal? Like, how do you mentally deal with that?
1: Uh, You know, I uh, that's a good question. I I I, I don't know if you do. (laughs) I mean, some people do, I I guess, but. I don't know if I if if I did really mentally prepare for that. I just I had to believe that. um, I mean, I believed it was definitely possible, right? But I just had to believe that it wasn't gonna. It wasn't like I don't know. That's a, that's a really I've never been asked that question, man. It's a really tough question. Yeah, I think about it when I relate it to sports, and you don't think about like how 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 am I gonna possibly lose this game? You know what I mean? Right. Um but I guess in some sense it's not losing. I mean if you're jumping on a grenade to save people's lives, you're losing your yeah. life, but you're you're winning in a sense. You're winning the game in the, in in a sense of like you're doing the most, you know, heroic thing. You're lying, laying down your life for your friends. And so, man, that's just that's a tough one. I I yeah. a really good answer for that and maybe I should that's something I need to think about.
0: Well, it's it's interesting because I you know when I when I was in, I was in during peacetime, but there were times where I knew I was putting my life in danger. Um, you know, when when we were doing, because we were enforcing the embargo against Iraq, so we would board these different vessels. So I I knew there was always an an instance or a a possibility of something happening. But I think when you're in the military, it's just one of those things like you don't spend a lot of time thinking about it because it'll freeze you up, right? So it's not that you're mentally preparing for it. You're doing that from the time you get to boot camp, in my opinion, right? You're doing that because you know someone's going to shove a gun in your hand And that's going to, if you're going to be okay, pulling the trigger, you got to be okay with bullets coming your way. And so I think that's just the mentality that you get when you're in the military. And, and part of that doesn't leave you when you get out. Does that sound, am I on the right track?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a lot of it, very, very, I think a lot of it sticks with you good stuff and bad stuff, you know, Yeah. Um, when I say bad stuff, like, I, this is something that I'm dealing with right now. I've kind of talked offline briefly about it, but, um, you know, I'm dealing with a pretty major heartache in my life right now with a, right. you know, with, with a woman who, who is, who is like everything to me. Yeah. And I think from, you know, my experiences overseas, um, and other things, not just that, but instead of the traditional, I guess, PTSD, um, maybe i don't know if traditional is the right word but i, I think the uh assumed um with uh, the gosh dang it The assumed like uh like how you react to it or whatever right. like like symptoms that's the word like symptoms i think for me i just oh, i put this like armor on and like this callousness you know and i like wouldn't let i wouldn't let somebody love me yeah I wouldn't, I wouldn't let somebody in, you know, and it's really, obviously it's affecting me, Yeah, but it's all I can think about, you know, and it's like, and I'm trying to process, not just process, I'm trying to understand it, you know, where, where it comes from. And I think that that's a lot of it because you have to, in some ways when you're over there fighting, man, you have to put up, um, these guards, these, these barriers and, uh, you know, and that's something we're trying to figure out through, I know we'll talk about it later, but through MVP, you know, and through, Uh, um, um, organizations. Cause like vulnerability is so important.
0: And well, I'm, and not I'm not able- that, but mental health, right? Like mental yeah. health, is a big part Total. of all of this. Yeah. I'm, I'm able to be vulnerable with
1: certain things. Yeah. But for whatever reason, one of my hangups, you know, was, was with this, this woman, you know, this yeah. angel. And it's like, uh, and I lost it forever. And it's like, it's terrifying. And, uh, and it's like, you don't, you know, people, some people were like, Oh, you know, you just feel that way. Cause you can't have it now. And I'm like, no, it's like, now that I know that I've actually lost it and like understanding what I had and then like piecing it all together and realizing why I pushed away. It's like, it's really terrifying. So it's, it's a new, like yeah. <laughs> a new angle with uh, some of the mental health work that I'm already trying to do that I'm going to have to address. Cause it's like, I'm dealing with it myself.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. it's 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 one of the things that we don't spend enough time talking about as a community, right? Because I mean, I think a lot, especially in the special ops community, you you know, you express weakness or some sort of vulnerability, and and in some ways, it can infect your ability to keep doing your job, right? And so, um, but it's it's definitely important and putting things into context. I want to talk about the transition for you out of the military when you got out. How hard was that transition for you? Because you did a lot of really cool stuff after you got out, but like, what was the decision for you? When did you know, like, this is it, I'm getting out. What was that decision for you and how hard was it?
1: Um, well, you know, I, I, I kind of got out twice cause I joined twice. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, uh, you know, I went back into the, um, I went back into the, uh, special forces, uh, through the Texas national guard after I was in college. Yeah. And, uh, You know, that was, uh, that was uh, the first time I came out, it was like, I immediately missed it. You know, I came off active duty and I made the decision to do that at that time because I wanted to go to college finally. And I wanted to try and play football. And, and so I did it and I just went for it. And, uh, it, uh, um, it was, you know, it was kind of a tough decision because we were kind of pulling out of Iraq at that point, but we were still at war. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I just was like, I don't know. I felt like a bit of guilt with that.
0: Did you feel like the job wasn't done yet?
1: Yeah. And I think I just felt like, man, it goes back to what I was just talking about before, but I genuinely felt like I didn't deserve, like Mm. these guys are over here fighting and people are still doing, not just in the military. There's just people, there's like pain in the world. I didn't deserve, part of me felt like, man, I don't deserve to like go enjoy my life though and go, um, you know, go to college and go play football and do this stuff. And it's like, it's so unfair to yourself (laughs) to do that. But that's what I felt. You know, I just felt like, I felt like, man, I just like these these people that are laying down their lives and there's people that are still going back. And then there's, you know, all this stuff I don't even know about. And I don't know. So like, that was a weird thing. So I, so I, once I was out, when I was in college, I went back in because I wanted to keep serving. Mm -hmm. Eventually I just felt like part of it was, my body was breaking down eventually, and <laughs> um, I just thought there was finally time to like hang it up. But you yeah, know, I, I still feel a, a, a bit of guilt at times for for walking from that. Interesting. You
0: know? But you, when you got to Texas, you were, you know, a walk on on the team and a, a long snapper. Like, why why be a long snapper? That was that's an interesting because i'm not a very good athlete (laughs) (laughs) so you looked at Uh, that i could do that
1: (laughs) yeah i mean i made the team that was step one yeah i was a safety but i was just not fast enough not i mean i wasn't i didn't even play football growing up so that didn't help right but i also wasn't uh just i mean i'm a good athlete and i work really hard um but not a great one and so
0: there's a great there's a great quote that says hard work will beat talent every time right yeah (laughs) Did you feel that going
1: in? Yeah. 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 Uh, Not that I would beat the talent, but at least that (laughs) I would, I'd be able to compete with them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And hang in there. So I started long snapping my sophomore year because I was just trying to find a way on the field and uh, taught myself to do it and, and ended up uh, starting for three years, which is really cool.
0: We don't have a lot of time, but your story is so fascinating. There's a lot to cover, but I want to talk, I want to cover a little bit because you got to play uh, as a as a walk in or walk on for the Seattle Seahawks as well. Yeah, you actually played in a game. What was that experience like?
1: Yeah, they. Uh, so I signed as a free agent, um, 2015.
0: Yeah,
1: and it was crazy because I was a 34 year old rookie, um, and I was the <laughs> oldest guy on the team.
0: Yeah,
1: and, um, you know, and I went through OTAs and training camp into into the preseason, and and yeah, I got to uh, I got to play in one game. I got to start. Uh, Not start. Sorry, I played the entire second half as the long Um, snapper. But it was it was unbelievable. I mean, I'm I'm warming up before the game next to Peyton Manning, and um, just so bizarre. You know, not to mention all the Seahawks legends who were very young then, and now they're all going to be like you know these Hall of Famers and whatnot. But it was just a very surreal moment and a really cool opportunity, man. I'll, I'll never forget that.
0: Was that sort of the the idea around merging vets with players? Because now, you know, you've got Jake Lazor as part of your organization. Uh, I see Michael Strahan, you know, always propping you guys up. Yeah. Was that experience part of what started merging vets and players?
1: Yeah, a, a huge part of it. I mean, it was Jay, Jay and I having similar conversations with people that were in the military and people that played football or other sports with that, you know, the struggle with transitioning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And, uh, yeah, it was just, uh, it was kind of a perfect fit. And it just like the locker rooms are so similar and the camaraderie and the struggle with, um, you know, finding that next mission when the uniform comes off identity. Um, it's a, you know, it's a tight rope. You got to walk having that conversation. But when you explain it to people that like, you're not comparing war Uh, to play in a game you're not comparing it's not battlefields ball fields are the same thing but it's like the locker room uh and that that sort of how much you have to sacrifice to be elite and then your career ending in your 20s maybe 30s if you're lucky and feeling like you'll never be great again those are those
0: are the same yeah i want to dig in a little bit deeper but i want to take a quick break is that cool yeah cool we've been talking to nate boyer on the veteran founder podcast we're going to be right back as uh after this quick break This hour of the Startup Radio Network is supported by Bridges to Change. They strive to have everyone leaving their organization with stable housing, social support, sustainable employment, education, access to health care, family engagement, and goals for the future. To get involved, donate, or to get help, make sure to visit www.bridgestochange.com. And we're back. We've been talking to Nate Boyer He's the one of the founders of merging vets with players. Uh, you're listening to the Veteran Founder Podcast, Nate. You were just talking about like the similarities between what it's like to take off the uniform, whether it's a military uniform or an NFL uniform, because your identity is almost tied to that that kind of, you know, that community, right? How how when you're when you first started merging vets with players, what did that conversation look like? And then what was the first? sort of not really event, but what was the, what was the thinking around putting these two communities together?
1: Yeah. I mean, it was just wanting to have that team again in that locker room. And uh, I think um, oftentimes athletes and, and veterans, especially probably are very good at sort of closing off and, and hiding things you know what I mean and kind of burying things down I, I know that because I do it yeah <laughs> and not uh you know not grieving or not uh um uh, you know just being open and honest uh, about the way that you're feeling and how things are going because we're supposed to be tough you know what I mean right. we're supposed to like gut, gut it out and suck it up and drive on and all those things they told us which are valuable at times but like even the Spartans you know, thousands of years ago, they, uh, they had like a mandatory grieving period when they came back from battle, you know, and it was just like what they did because they knew they had to, you have to purge that stuff. And it's, uh, it's just really interesting how society over the years has sort of shied away from not only like having those conversations, but just even acknowledging it. Um, and we're finally going back the other way now, because I think we realize we have to, or we're going to die. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, cause it's not healthy to do. Right. Um, and, and you look at, you know, suicide rates and, and not just in the veteran community, just, I think in general, it, it, I think it's probably, I don't know. I mean, it, it, that's a, that's a tough thing. Yeah. So yeah. So that's, that's sort of why we just knew this was the right thing to do and the way that we approach it is is all about that. I mean, we we we, we meet every week in, you know, we, are, we have five cities across the country right now, LA, Vegas, Chicago, Atlanta, and New York. Um, and we train for about 30, 40 minutes. Um, something that everybody can do, but enough to get a little sweat going and, you know, you can kind of make it as hard as you want. And then for the next hour, hour and a half, uh, we just talk, you know, just like it's in a locker room. But usually it's pretty, it's typically pretty i don't say always heavy stuff but it's pretty like it's not a lot of small talk <laughs> um but we encourage that you know that's what people need to do it and and it's, it's it's even harder to do in a group setting like that but once you do it man it just feels you know it, you, you you uh you really do feel better you know and you open yourself up uh, when you open yourself up like that it's uh it's pretty amazing
0: I was talking to a veteran who's getting ready to transition out. Uh, and he's like, I have to train myself how to do small talk because veterans, military folk, they just get right to the meat of it, right? You get into a meeting with something and it's right in, there's no small talk. And then and, you, know, you get in the real world and there's small talk. You usually you get in a business meeting, there's five or 10 minutes of like, how have you been? Oh, the weather's amazing. Oh, my daughter's doing it. There's nothing like that in the military community. So it's not surprising that you get to the meat of it right away. When you're doing these conversations, though, and there are non-military people involved, how surprising is it that they're finding these similarities? Like, is it do they get it right away, or is it does it take take them back a bit?
1: Well, not all of them possess that (laughs) (laughs) all the time, but I think I think the athletes what they're most blown away by, to be honest, is how often and we're trained to do this, but how we sort of minimize things (laughs) and that we've done, you know what I mean? We're just like, eh, well, it's just, you know, we did this, wasn't that big a deal. And they're just like, wait, what? (laughs) Like, are you crazy? I think that goes both ways too. Cause sometimes I've heard it from athletes and I was like, wow, you know, I never thought of that. And I'm so like Tony Gonzalez is a great example. Um, It's a guy that's a 17 year uh, NFL, you know, hall of famer, best tight end that ever played the game. Right. And, you know, he was in there talking about, his struggle with transition the first day he ever came in, and he just like opened up about it. And like, you should have seen the veterans' faces. They were all just like, jaws have dropped. They're like, wait, Tony Gonzalez struggles? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, it's really cool. But like, yeah, but I think, I think sometimes when people, yeah, when some of these stories maybe do come out, and whether they're combat stories or not, a lot of it's childhood trauma, things like that.
0: Yeah. No, I think, I think it helps when somebody else sees that somebody they respect is. Uh, has gone through something similar, it breaks that wall down. I think, you know, when you're talking vet to vet, those walls break down immediately anyway. But when you have a community that, and you can put the sort of dots together, it tends to, you know, open that up. I want to talk a little bit about like, what has been, what did you take away from the military that helped you grow this this organization the way you have because as you said you're in five cities now it's not a re- it's it's not a terribly old organization how have you been able to expand this so well and and take what did you take from the military to accomplish that
1: uh i mean i think with everything you do you got to take if you're a vet you got to take some of those experiences with you um i think the biggest thing for me is um i'm doing stuff outside the box and doing it as a team, you know, yeah. innovate, innovating, finding, just finding ways to make the mission. Um, cause that's what you got to do in the military. And I think that that's, that's the most valuable thing. It's all, it's never, it's never anything you learn in the schoolhouse. Um, that's the most valuable <laughs> yeah. lessons. It's the ones on the, on the, you know, on the battlefield, um, that, uh, um, uh, or, you know, in the, or when you're, um, when you're training and doing the work either way, but like that's when you learn how to um, properly prepare and plan, and then understand that the plan always goes to shit, yep. and you gotta adjust, <laughs> you know, and just keep going and just keep figuring it out, figuring it out, figuring, figuring it out, finding another way, you know, and and eventually you get there, you know, eventually you get there, and and you don't always win, but you at least get that opportunity.
0: Yeah, no, you know? it's 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 great. Yeah, I want to talk about you added something to your resume you didn't have before, which is director. You just wrapped yeah. up the filming of, you know, filming a, a movie. And it's funny cause, um, you know, you and I have been trying to get this done for a while and you were filming and, and, uh, and I follow both you and Jay on uh, Instagram and Jay posted, I think it was last week or two weeks ago that you were filming in his house. Uh, so that what's, the, what's that been, that what's that experience been like to be mm-hmm. filming and behind the camera and all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was nuts, man. It was, uh, it was one of the hardest things I've ever done, to be honest. Really? Yeah. It was insane. I mean, you know, nobody's shooting at you. So it's not one of those dangerous things. Sure. To to, sure.
0: Sure. No, I get that.
1: I certainly wouldn't compare that to war, but, um, just the amount of, um, stress involved and managing how much you have to manage to right. get through this and like every day Murphy just rears his ugly head and, and <laughs> screws you on something every day. Yeah. It's like something big. It's like, it just it, it never fails and you got to figure it out. Just yeah. like we were talking about, you know, same thing. And it's not only, I mean, I co-wrote it, I was producing it, I directed it and I acted. Wow! So I i had all these things, but it's, I hope it's going to be very good. I know it either way. It's very special and very important. Um, What's it about? it's about the genesis of mvp
0: oh okay it's about uh,
1: nice. a marine um a c- couple of composite characters uh, a marine who's living in a uh, uh a veterans homeless shelter in um in east hollywood and a former nfl player uh living in west hollywood um first year out of the league and these guys meet and they got nothing in common you know different yeah. skin colors one's got a family one lives in the you know, uh, they call it the barracks. It's a real place, by the way, that, that yeah. actually got shut down on September 30th. That's why I rushed to make this thing. In oh, the man. Because I had to film on location there. It's just too important.
0: Yeah, yeah. And,
1: um, Yeah, and we just we just did it. We figured we made it happen. So the, anyway, these two guys meet and help each other through. Uh, they save each other.
0: That's amazing. You, know? you You've done some acting before. You were on This Is Us. I mean, you've done some <laughs> acting. Like, is that something you thought you would ahead. be doing?
1: Yeah, you know what? It's funny. I, I, I did, I, yeah, and I enjoy it. But I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's what I ultimately do. I'm not sure yet. I'm not sure right now. You know. Yeah. But uh, do it you enjoy is, the process? It is, it's hard, and it's fun. It's fun, but it's very hard.
0: <laughs> do you enjoy <laughs> you that know? process of like sitting down, learning lines, being in front of a camera? Is that something that you enjoy? Um,
1: it's more about honestly, like kind of somewhat b- becoming this character and, and it's more than becoming a character like letting yourself come out in the character because you are the character once you're cast right right <laughs> so and that's kind of hard to do you know what i mean and uh and it's it's interesting but it, it's definitely it's definitely i love challenges and it's one of most. it's a very challenging thing to do you yeah. know if you want to do it ro- if you want to do it well and do it right
0: is uh is making movies something you want to continue doing? Is this the only movie we're going to see yeah. out of Nate Boyer? Or are we going to see more? I think so. Yeah.
1: I, I I I love doing that. Yeah, I, and, and
0: there's a bunch of different parts
1: of that that I enjoy. Um, you know, maybe next time I'll I'll just direct and not act. That might help. <laughs> um, and uh, I think you're knows? a good actor, I mean, Nate.
0: I think I, I think you're you're selling yourself short. Yeah, I think you're a great actor, buddy. Okay. Thanks, Josh. Appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> so let let's talk, let's go kind of circle back. You know, you've got merging vets with players. It's in five cities. Like, where do you see this going in the next five to ten years? Like, what do you hope this thing grows into?
1: Man, I, I honestly um I mean, we wanna be we wanna be in all thirty-two NFL cities and every major sports market. I mean, we do. Yeah. That would be great. And beyond that, um, and that's probably it's probably a better question for Jay, because Jay um, man, his dreams, you know, he's such a, he is so ambitious. It's a great quality to have. Yeah, And uh, uh, you know, so that's something that we're, you know, we're doing that together too. Um, so I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to make a plan, I guess, without him, but I will say that um, both of us want this thing to reach everybody that it possibly can. Everybody that, you know, every vet and, and player, and and beyond that, every American. Because I think there's a lot of good lessons to be learned from the veteran and athlete community um, about how we work with one another. You know, especially in these times when people are not very nice to each other and, and not listening and yeah. very divided. You yeah. know, you, you get that less and less in my experience in the in those locker rooms. And uh, I think there's a lot of lessons to be learned from that.
0: I ask this with every, every guest um, and it really it focuses in on the entrepreneurial journey, like building the business and building this organization the way you have. What's the one thing that you think you've screwed up so bad that you're like, oh my God, I'm never going to do that again. I'm never going to screw that up again because it almost scuttled everything we've worked on. Oh,
1: within, within MVP? Within yeah. Merging Vets yeah. and Players? Or
0: yeah, within, yeah. Yeah, within I, MVP.
1: I think, I think growing too fast really because it, it's hard. yeah because you really want to yeah. especially when things are going well but um you know and 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 uh we were able to recover you know it didn't uh we didn't um obviously we're still around yeah, and we're yeah. one of the there's a lot of nonprofits that had to kind of shut it down yep um for good or at least for a time for a period of time during this thing and we we were up on zoom you know two days later like continuing on with the mission, which is great. I mean, luckily with what we do, we were able to find a, a way to, to adjust and do yeah. that. But, you know, early stages, we were, like Jay and I didn't know what we were doing, <laughs> non <Non-profit laughs> wise. We're just going. It's you hard. Know? We're going yeah. 100 miles an hour. And it's just like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like there's process for things. And you need process people. You don't need, you, you can't just have passion people doing everything. Right. You need process people that are good at that stuff and want to do that stuff. Because not everybody is like Jay and I, you know, some people, um, they just want to like sort of, uh, some, you know, support in the background a bit and, and help the structure and make sure that it's like the trains are running on time and we're doing things the right way. And that's really important. And you need those people. You need them on on any type of mission.
0: It's a, it's an amazing organization. I'm so thrilled. If you ever need it up in Seattle, give me a call. I'm happy to, to help you guys. We'll Um, be there soon, brother.
1: That's one of our next it's one of our next ones. I love it.
0: Uh where can people find you?
1: Well, right now my Twitter's hacked, but normally oh, no. uh, on That's Twitter not good. And, and uh yeah. I I it's been a couple of days now. I don't oh know. no. <laughs> um uh Twitter and Instagram, it's at Nate Boyer37. Um I do have a website, Nate Boyer.com as well.
0: And then the merging vets with players. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Merging vets and players. I think if you just go to vetsandplayers.org, yeah. and players.org, dot S.org. You, uh, you can, you know, check out, check out what we're all about. You know, if you want to be one of our supporters and, and, uh, you know, uh, that would be amazing. Or if you're a vet and an athlete and the program makes sense for you, we'd love to have you.
0: Nate, it's always a thrill to get to talk to you. I'm so glad we got to do this finally. Um, you know, call me anytime. I I love chatting with you and your story's amazing. Congrats on all the success and, and, uh, here's to many more, sir.
1: Thank you very much, Josh. I appreciate it. Great talking to you too. Yeah. Great talking to you too, brother.
0: All right. Talk to you soon. Hey, you guys, you've been listening to the veteran founder podcast right here on the startup radio network. Tune in every week at 1 PM Pacific on Friday. We'll see you next time. Listen, learn, get shit done. See ya. You're listening to the startup radio network. Listen, learn, launch. 10%